You're listening to the sermon podcast from Meadowbrook Church in Cheyenne, Wyoming with Pastor Keith Miller. Please stand for the reading of God's Word. Today's passage comes from Psalm 4, which can be found at page 448 of the Church Bibles. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your hearts on your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have with their grain and wine abound. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. You may be seated. All right, so we're starting this uh, sermon series titled Songs. Now, last week I pulled an audible because I felt like we just needed to go in a different direction, uh, which meant that I didn't get to say everything I was hoping to say leading up to this sermon series. But what I want to say briefly is that this sermon series, throughout this sermon series, will be seven weeks long. Uh, we will consider a, a popular song. They're secular songs. They're not Christian songs. And, uh, and, we will, and I will turn to one of the psalms in the Bible that I believe speaks into the message of that song. That's how we will spend our Sundays together. Uh, the purpose of that is to do- demonstrate and show how God through his, his songbook, which is the Psalms, speaks into the message of the most popular songs that people are listening to today. So the first song that we're going to look at today is Holy by Justin Bieber. Uh, how many of you are Justin Bieber fans? Okay, wow, like three. Okay, so <laughs> am I surprised? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it, it's got 176 million views on YouTube. Uh, and there's a reason for that. So I want to share a little bit about Justin Bieber leading into the music video that I'm going to show you. Every music video that I show throughout this series, is not, I'm not endorsing the message of the songs. I just am using it as a way to say, let's, let's see how the Bible speaks into the message of those songs. Uh, so Justin Bieber is considered the prince, of, the prince of pop as well as the king of teen pop. Yeah, he's worth an estimated $285 million, uh, which is a lot of money. He was discovered after his mother posted some uh, songs that he had uh, sang and I think wrote on YouTube. And by the time he was 15 years old, he had his number one hit, his first number one hit song, which is a series of number one hit songs. Uh, that song was titled One Time. Bieber's three most popular songs of more than the 70 that he has recorded include Baby. How many of you heard that song? Uh, yes. <laughs> like some of you are like, ugh. We're not, we're not playing that song. Don't worry. Um, that, 
That music video has 2.5 billion views. Just to give you some context here. Justin Bieber was featured on, um, uh, uh, in a song that was highly popular uh, called Despacito, and it was released in, in um, Latin. I guess the singers are Latin. I don't know where, what country they're from. But, but then Bieber, Justin Bieber was featured on that song later on. That song remained on the top Billboard charts for 16 weeks, which says something about, about Justin Bieber. And then his most popular song of the three, uh, he recorded in 2015, it was released in 2015, titled Sorry. And uh, that was the number one hit for three weeks. That song is really about, it's just Justin Bieber's apology to his fans for losing his sense of purpose. I'm going to read to you something that he said about that song. He said, I just want to, want to let people know that for a while I feel like I lost my purpose and I'm gaining it back. And I feel like it's so important that everyone finds their purpose. So basically my message is that no matter how far you feel away from who you were or, or who you think you were or whether you're lost, there's always room to grow and always room to find your purpose. Now, what many people don't know about Justin Bieber is that he grew up in the church. He was surrounded by uh, Christian, you know, some pastors and, and other Christian leaders and other Christians uh, as he grew up. If you listen to some of his earlier interviews, actually mo a lot of his interviews, he frequently would mention his faith in Jesus Christ. Um, as, he is, as his fame continued to take off, he became addicted to drugs, uh, found himself in, in trouble uh, pretty frequently, and then hit a, hit, hit a really low point where he was just desperate, uh, where he began to realize there is a big difference between saying you believe in Jesus and actually following Jesus. And uh, after he reached that all-time low, he was about 19 years old, uh, he uh, developed a Basically, he was mentored by a guy by the name of Judah Smith, who was an evangelical, Bible-preaching pastor who took Justin Bieber under his wing, so to speak, and mentored him and spent a lot of time with him. Uh, it was through his relationship with Judah Smith, and there was another pastor uh, that he had a, relationship, a, a mentoring relationship with that was highly influential in his life that began to affect the way that, that Bieber you know, lived his life. He said this in an interview. I'm going to read what he said. He said, I was just, and this was a fairly recent interview. He said, I was just living in this shame, living in all this sort of stuff in my past, and I wasn't able to move on, he said. Uh, now, the way I look at my relationship with God and with Jesus is I'm not trying to earn God's love by doing good things. God has already loved me for who I am before I did anything to earn and deserve it. It's a free gift by accepting Jesus and just giving your life to him. And what he did is, is the gift. The forgiveness is the thing that, that we look at. And, you know, I'm going to worship you, God, because you gave me something so good. And so you live that life like, like as a, you, you don't want to cheat on my wife, he says. I, I don't want to cheat on my wife. Not because it's the right thing to do, but because I don't want to hurt her. And then he asked, you see the difference? And what he was trying to say in that interview is, my heart is, like, God has been changing my heart. I'm not, it's not about 
rules that I'm trying to follow. It's not about this religion I'm just trying to adhere to. It's I want to follow Jesus. And following Jesus means that there are implications upon my life in following him. Um, he describes his salvation in the following way. Jesus found me in my dirt and pulled me out. And uh, according to Bieber, the song Holy, which I'm going to show you the music video in a little bit, is a love letter to his wife on how faith brought them together. They met at a Christian conference uh, back, I think, in 2018. And they had previously dated and broke up and remembered that, that, you know, how much he loved this, this uh, girl. Her name's Haley. They dated briefly uh, before they were engaged. Actually, they met. A month later, they were engaged. A month after that, they were married. There's a line in the song that you will recognize. He's a, running to the altar like a track star. Can't wait any longer. You know? And so what, why did he rush to the altar like a track star? Because he had decided that he was not going to have sex with anyone unless he was married to that person. And it was an indication for, for just this change that, that was happening in his heart. Um, and so Holy is a testament to his, it's a love letter to his wife, but it's also about how their faith in Jesus also brought them uh, together. The song Holy debuted on September 18th, 2020, which is like days, I think, after both he and Haley were baptized together in some lake, I think in California somewhere, as a way of rededicating his life to Jesus uh, along with her. Uh, the song is listed on, the, on Billboard in the top 100 best songs of 2020. Uh, when you see the music video, you'll see that they incorporated in the video, which you don't hear in the song, the pandemic. And I think what the video is trying to convey, whoever directed it, uh, I think what it's, what it's trying to convey is that if you have faith and if you have love you know, or a relationship with somebody that's loving, and then, then you can get through a pandemic. Uh, so I'm going to show you the music video, and then we're going to get right into Psalm chapter 4 and see how Psalm chapter 4 speaks into the message of this song. sinners Don't think that I'll be a saint But I might go down to the river Cause the way that the sky opens up when we touch it, it's making me say that the way you hold me hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me Feel so holy, holy, holy Cause the way you hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me Feel so holy I don't do well with the drama And no, I can't stand it being fake no, no. 
we love in the night gave me life, baby. I can't explain the way you hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me. Feel so holy, 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 holy. Oh God, running to the altar like a track star. Can't wait another second. Cause the way you hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me. Feel so holy. Sad for me to have to make this announcement, but uh, we have to shut down the plane. I know it's due to the current and ongoing global situation. Uh, you have been incredible employees. And there is simply no way that we can keep afloat at this particular point in time. I want each and every one of you to know that you are highly valued. We're going to... I'm truly sorry. Say we're too young and the pimps and the players say don't go crushing wise men say fools rushing but I don't know They say we're too young and the pimps and the players say don't go crushing wise men say fools are rushing but I don't know the rapper The first step please is the father Might be the hardest to take Buenas noches. Feel so holy, 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 holy. So the, the songs of our day, the artists of our day, they're like the, they're the poets of our day, they're the philosophers of our day. I spent all summer trying to sort through songs that you know, the criteria was they had to have been released during the pandemic at some point, 
or influenced by the, the pandemic, the, the, the lyrics of the song. And uh, took a lot of time to sort through what I thought was uh, you know, as appropriate as possible to show, you know, to show in a church service. Um, there will be songs I'll warn you about uh, where you might not want, you know, I've, I've edited them out. I spent the next, actually next week's video, I spent four hours editing, um, blurring out words and, and, and bleeping out a couple of words, um, but, but I felt like it was worth showing. This is a song I didn't have to do anything with, really. Um, but it echoes what people want. This is the reason why so, what, this song, along with the others, are so, so popular. I mean, think about it, 200 and some odd million views, um, and or no, 170-some million views and climbing. Uh, it jumped a million from a couple days ago to, to today. So there's something about the message of the song that resonates with, with people. There was a study that was released by the Journal of American Medical Association. It took 27 years for them to complete the study. And uh, basically, they just kind of observed people who, who worked and retired and, and just, you know, and, and were happy and, and how long they actually lived um, as opposed to those who, who didn't live so long. And this is what they found. They said, working with a sense of purpose and meaning leads to far greater engagement, motivation, productivity, and retention, which is no, I mean, like, we, we all understand that, right? Uh, but there's something in us where we're, we're made for a, a greater purpose than, than the stuff, right? We're made for something more than your job or my job. We're made for something more than just, you know, just a, a relationship with another, another person. We, we want something that is lasting, that will not fade, that cannot be destroyed, and is kept sacred for us. Every single one of us wants something like that. That's why I think this video and this song is popular. Maybe not for the 99.3% of you in the congregation who don't listen to Justin Bieber, <laughs> but, but it's popular. Like People listen to like, songs like this. And uh, if your purpose, I was thinking about this, if your purpose is found in a thing or in a job or, or in a relationship or in the case of Justin Bieber, your skill or your, your talent, then, then your, your purpose is only as secure as that thing, as that job, as that person, or as that skill. Like what happens or what will happen if you lose that thing that you find your purpose in? What will happen if you lose that job that you've drawn your purpose from or that, that person, if that person is gone the next day? What, what, what will happen? What happens when you lose those things? We need something that is, that is more secure than that, that is more lasting than that. And uh, I, you know, in light of a pandemic, I mean, here's where I think COVID has been a gift to people. It has enabled us to open up our eyes and see that that which you hold very dear may be gone the next morning. We are fragile. And um, there's got to be something more than the person sitting next to you where, that you draw your purpose from or the job that you cherish, that you draw your purpose from. So this leads me to, you know, into the Psalms here. Um, that, the, that the God that we were made for meets us where we are. 
Um, Justin Bieber, in multiple interviews, especially uh, interviews of late, has shared that. God, he said, Jesus, Jesus met me in the dirt and he pulled me out. He met me where I was and pulled me out of it. Uh, the reason why idols do not last is because they make promises that those promises, the fulfillment of those promises, are contingent on you making those promises a reality. That's the difference between idols and the, and the, and the true living God. Does that make sense? Like, if, if, you know, an idol is basically anything that you make ultimate in your life. That's an idol. It could be a person, it could be a job, it could be whatever. And, uh, and the promises of those idols are contingent on your ability to make those promises a reality. The difference between those things and God is God, the, all of God's promises are contingent on God to make a reality in your life. And um, that's the overwhelming message of the Psalms. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 25, or 25 through 26 says this. Let's read this together. Ready? To whom then will you compare me, that I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these, who brings out their hosts by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. It's describing who God is. God is almighty. He is infinite. He is holy. I've, I, I officiated a funeral on Friday. I said this to the people that were there, that, that, um, and I've said this multiple times here you know, on Sunday, that God doesn't need to improve upon himself. He doesn't. And uh, when it comes to his people, he wants the best for you, and he wants the best for me, and what's best for you, and what's best for me is God. That that's the most loving thing that God could have given to you is the opportunity for you to have a relationship with him. And um, this brings me to Psalm chapter 4. Psalm chapter 4 was written during a very dark season in David's life. When you read through the Psalms, I love the Psalms. Like This is the third type of sermon series I'm doing uh, of this nature where we're looking at the Psalms and see how they speak into the songs of our day. And... Um, I love the Psalms. But Psalm chapter 4 was written during a very dark season in David's life. You want to know what was going on in his life? He had this son by the name of Absalom. And Absalom was a wicked dude. And he hated his dad. And he, drove his, he literally drove his dad out of the kingdom. David had to run for his life and flee Jerusalem as the king of Israel um, as his son Absalom tried to take the throne from him. That's Absalom. And David wrote Psalm 3 and Psalm 4 while he was in hiding after the kingdom supposedly, you know, seemingly had been stripped from him. Like, you know the sto backstory on, on some of these psalms. It just adds, it, it just adds to it. Like, now, now you read verse 1, and you read these words in Psalm chapter 4. If you have a Bible, you might want to be following along. It says, Answer me when I call, O God, of my righteousness, you have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. Do you hear what David is, is, is saying to God in the psalm He's, or, or requesting of God? Uh, God, you have met me when I was down before. I can go back in, you know, all through my life and see how you have showed up. You met me where I was at, and I'm asking that you do it again. See, the difference between idols and, the, and God is that idols... Idols don't move. 
They do not come when you need them. Idols rob you of the joy and life that God intended for you to have. But God, when you call out to him, when you cry out to him, he meets you where, you're, where you are. And sometimes you're not even crying out to him. Like Adam and Eve, when they sinned in the garden, you know what they did? They hid. And God came looking for them. And that is the story of the Bible. Sinners run from God like a thief runs from a cop. <laughs> right? And God pursues them. And he rescues them. And he pulls them out of the dirt. David experienced that. Uh, and he remembered he remembered how God delivered him in times past. There are seasons in your life, I guarantee it, there are seasons in your life where you can look back and see how God was moving in your life. Maybe during that time you couldn't see his hand moving, but when you look back, you're like, I, I see how God was moving through that. I, I can identify how God was moving in my life. As horrible as that experience was, I can identify how God was moving in that. David was able to do the same thing. One of the uh, experiences David had that I think he was able to go back to, and maybe he was thinking of this when he wrote Psalm chapter 4, was when he was bringing a bunch of bag lunches to his brothers. This was before he was a king. He was just a shepherd. And so his dad said, go bring your brothers some lunch. Uh, they're on the battlefield. They're, they're, uh, they're there. and Go bring them some lunch. And so he did. And, and he heard this guy by the name of Goliath just saying some horrible things about the... About the Israeli army and the people of God. And David like, was looking around. He's like, man, who's going to shut this guy's face? Like, he, like, who's going to shut him up? And, uh, and David was not big. Like, he wasn't like this warrior dude. Um, he was just a shepherd boy. And his brothers reprimanded him, said, shut your face. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, you have no right to talk. And David said, well, nobody's going to fight this guy. Because this guy. the Philistines were like, how about we do this? How about we have your champion, Israel, and our champion, Goliath, how about they meet in the middle, they fight, and then whoever wins, uh, that, that army wins. And so nobody would come out. Saul, who was the king of Israel in that day, was a pretty tall dude, and, and he was afraid to fight Goliath. So David said, I'll fight him. I'll, I'll, I'll fight him. And so um, Saul said, okay, well, if you're going to die, you might as well die in style. Let's, uh, why don't you wear my armor? And David tried on his armor. He's like, I can't fight in this stuff. And so, so David took it off. He's like, I'm, I'm just going to go with a sling and some stones and call it good. And uh, so he met, not, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> like, where's that in the Bible? I don't, I don't see that anywhere in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Where is that? Um, that's the Keith Miller version. So he... Uh, <laughs> So he, he meets Goliath out, uh, out in this field, and Goliath sees this little boy, and this is what Goliath said. He said a bunch of things, but this is one of the things that he said. He said, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. And this is, I love what, Daniel, or what David said. David said something amazing. And by the way, when you read the story of David versus Goliath, you are not David in the story. I, I said this before. You are the coward, cowardly, uh, me included, uh, Israelites on the sidelines afraid to meet this guy. David is, is, is our, our champion. Jesus is our champion. Right? So that's the point. But this is what David says. He says, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of Yahweh, the Lord of hosts, 
the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that Yahweh, that the Lord, saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you read that, read that in the... Um, in the Bible, I'm like, that's, that's my guy. I like him. Uh, and, and, and so, what was the point? Did David think that he could take Goliath with his own strength and might? No. It's like, I can do this because God is with me. And he is going to fight my battle. He's going to win. And that's exactly what happened. I think David was, remem- you know, remember that when he wrote Psalm chapter 4. Answer me when I call, God of my righteousness. I, you, you will come when I call. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. And then he goes on in verse 2. says, O men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? You know what he's saying there? He's like, like the people around me, my son and, and his army, they speak lies about me. But you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they think. What matters is what God thinks of me. That's what matters. What I love about the Psalms is that um, David frequently, and others who contributed to the Psalms, frequently are preaching the gospel to their own heart, reminding their own heart of who God is. I would challenge you, if you're struggling with depression, if you're afraid, if, you, if you've lost something or a person over this course of this past year, or you feel like you're wandering in the desert, you need to preach the gospel to your own heart, the good news that God has provided in his word. He is a God who listens to his people. He listens to his people, um, unlike the idols of our world. And so David, he, he cries out in Psalm 2, you know, people are saying all kinds of stupid stuff about me, but God, at the end of the day, what matters is what you think of me, what, what you say about me. Um, you know, Absalom, the whole situation with Absalom, um, that was the result of David making some, some horrible decisions in his, in his life. He had sinned. Like, he wrote Psalm chapter 4 after he sinned by taking another guy's wife, sleeping with her, and then having her husband killed. That happened before he wrote Psalm chapter 4. Like, you think Justin Bieber's got baggage? <laughs> David's got baggage. Like he, he just, he, and, and, and so what happened? Um, God pursued David through the prophet Nathan. Nathan, you know, told him a story, and Nathan, uh, it was really about David, and David, um, David listened, and David's sin was called out for what it was, and he repented, and he changed his life as a result. But the the repercussions, the, 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 the consequences of his actions, he would live with for the rest of his life. And one of them was Absalom, who chased him out of his kingdom. And so um, there's that. <laughs> one of my favorite passages in the Bible is in Micah chapter 7, verses 8 through 9. This, 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 has got, this oozes gospel if you read it. Let's read this together. Ready? Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him. 
until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me. He will bring me out to the light. I shall look upon his vindication. Isn't that a great passage? Like, think about what that means. When I sin, God will discipline me, but he will pick me up like a dad. And, he will, and his light will shine upon me. His, his face will shine upon me. And I will look upon his vindication. And I think that's why David was able to write Psalm chapter 4. Like we all have baggage. And um, I know just looking at my past, I, I, I have thought maybe I'm just too far for God's grace to reach me. And the message of the Psalms and of the Bible is that no matter what you've done, you are not too far for the grace of God to reach you. No sin is too great that you are guilty of that God's grace cannot meet you where you're at. Amen? And so that's the message of the Psalms. And it goes on, and i got to hurry because we're baptizing some people too. Um, God loves us too much to leave us the way he found us. That's, oh, that is, that's the truth, <laughs> brothers and sisters. God loves us too much to leave us the way he found us. He, you, if you truly place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he will change your life. And if your life has not been changed as a result of your faith in Jesus Christ, it may be that you just played lip service to Jesus or about Jesus. There's a difference between believing with your head and believing in your heart. Believing in your heart results in you following Jesus, not just saying, hey, this is my religion. And so he continues in his song here in verses, um, verses 4 through 5. He says, Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts, on your beds, and be silent. Do you know who he's talking to there? His own heart. See, I think David would have responded to Absalom very differently uh, before he sinned with Bathsheba. But after experiencing the mercy and grace of God, his response, while maybe in a cave somewhere and hiding somewhere, yeah, it's okay to be angry, but don't sin in your anger. Ponder in your own hearts, on your beds, and be silent. And he goes on to say, offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. What is he saying there? Worship God. Worship him. Know that he is with you, that he sees what's going on in your life. Trust in him. Last week, we looked at Psalm 46, that part about be still and know that I am the Lord. That's happening in Psalm chapter 4 here. David is being still to know that God is Lord. That he is, he is sovereign. He is in control. He, he, he doesn't take naps. He doesn't, like, he doesn't vacate the throne. He is governing your universe and my universe. He's governing the world, regardless of what's happening in your life. And um, in his devotional, the same guy who wrote the book that we're handing out wrote a devotional on the Psalms, which I'll be giving out throughout this sermon series. Um, but he said this of these verses, and I think it's just so good. The words are on the screen. I'll read them for you. David is expressing the battle that rages within our hearts at night as we lay our head down on, a, on the pillow. On the one side is stacked up all the, the clamoring accusations and misunderstandings and painful words of the day of actual people in our lives or of demonic attacks or of our own fallen minds. On the other side is the Lord. Both beckon to us. Both invite us to listen. In the darkness of that moment, David makes up his mind. He will trust in the Lord. He will trust in the Lord. And then he concludes with verses 6 through 8. There are many who say, who will show us some good? 
Lift up the light of your face, speaking to the Lord, upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Do you see, you see what he's saying there? He's saying, even though there are people around me that seem like they have everything, and even though it may seem to those who have everything that I've lost everything, I've not lost one thing. I've not lost anything. Why? Because I have the Lord. I have the Lord. He is mine and I am his. And so, so he's able to trust in the Lord. And um, there's one line in the song that, uh, I mean, there are other things I would critique. Like, I don't know where go- they were going with the holes. You know, I know where the best weed can be found. Like, I don't know what's up with that. But uh, maybe it just rhymed um, in Bieber's song. But the one line, I know I ain't leaving you like I know, I, like I know he ain't leaving us. I know we believe in God, and I know God believes in us. Now, here's the deal. And I'm drawing this to a close. Here's the deal. Um, God doesn't believe in you. <laughs> or me. You know why? I mean, the hymn, that I, I love this hymn. The lines in this hymn are so true. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. You know, like, that's my heart. I think that's your heart, too. Like, we are prone to wander. Uh, you, you know, the Bible calls us to be a living sacrifice acceptable to the Lord. You know what the problem is with living sacrifices? They always want to crawl off the altar, right? It's true. And so, um, here's the deal. Even though God knows your heart and he knows my heart, he pursues you anyway. That's the gospel. Like, God, God knows all the darkness that's in there. He knows all of it. He sees it all. He knows what you're capable of. He knows what you did. He knows what you will do. He knows what you're going to do. And here's the reality. He was not repulsed by you. He was not disgusted by you. He sent his son to die for you in your place so that you could be his and you could be reconciled to him. That's the gospel. And it's all through the Psalms. It's all through the Psalms. It's, uh, you know, when I think of what Justin Bieber said, that Jesus found me and pulled me out of my dirt, I think of John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. You know what else I know is true? Is that all the promises of God are sure. <laughs> he, can meet, he can make his promises a reality. And this is what he says in his word. The verse references will be on the screen. I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Now, I love my wife and I love my kids very dearly. And I, and I don't ever want to disappoint them or let them go. But the reality is, is my heart is fickle. And I, and I sin and I disappoint those closest to me, and, and that, is the, that is my reality. But there is a God who will never let me go, and he will never let you go. And I'm going to close with these words, and then our worship team's going to come up and um, lead us in a song while I go get changed so I can get in the, in the hot tub. Not the hot. It is a hot tub. <laughs> Feel it. It doesn't have bubbles, though. Um, I know. 
When I planted a church, we called it polar baptisms because we had no way to heat the water at the beginning. And so um, let me close with these words. This is how I know that God's promises are sure and that he will listen. He will never let you go. He will never let you go. Nothing you can do can change that. Jesus said this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Jesus said, nobody's going to snatch you out of my hand. And Jesus said, and, if you do, and, and just so you know, no one, you know, that all are in my Father's hand and nobody will snatch you out of my Father's hand. That's, um, that's why I think the Bible just oozes good news. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? And if you're not a Christian, if you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus, I would tell you this, that if you... If you, play, if, you, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and really believe in your heart, not just in your head, but in your, in your heart that God raised him from the grave, the Bible says you will be saved. Jesus lived the life that we could never live and he died to death that we deserved so that we can be reconciled to him. There are three people who are going to be baptized in a matter of minutes. All of them, two children and one adult, will tell you that Jesus is changing their lives, that he met them where they were at. And uh, that is the God of the Bible, and that is the God of the Psalms. And so um, if, you, if you need to talk about that, uh, talk to anybody on the worship team after the service, or wait for me after I get changed again, <laughs> and I'll be out there, and, uh, and I'd love to talk to you more about it. Thank you for listening to the Meadowbrook Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit meadowbrook.org.